Welcome to the Artist Pivot Podcast. My name is Ayana Major Bay, and I am an actress, voiceover artist, mentor, and your host. This show is a bi-weekly conversation highlighting pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. For those listening who don't consider themselves artists, you can pivot too. Everyone possesses the ability to do so. You just have to be reminded sometimes. All of our life lessons have taught us to be better pivoters, and it is my goal to share these life lessons to guide and inspire others. Here is this week's episode. All right, y'all. I'm so excited to say that on this episode joining me, I have Chartel. And so a little intro, a little bio about her. Chartel is from Texas, was raised in Maryland, but calls Philly home. She attended a performing arts high school and then studied classical music at Temple University. Her life has been a series of pivots, so she has worked in many arenas. Her primary work has been as a singer, a music teacher, and now a small business owner of a boutique soapery called Gold and Water Co. Y'all, Chartel is here. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. You're so very welcome. And I am so excited to talk (laughs) to you. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So now I'm going to take our listeners back before we get into your many pivots and lessons learned um, about how we met. Yes. Way back in the day. So we've known each other for a a little while. So, y'all, we have two different stories of how we remember how we met. Yes. (laughs) So my story is... I went to Temple for one year and I transferred schools, but then I came back and they were doing a production of Ragtime and Chartel was Miss Sarah in (laughs) Ragtime. And I came back and visited some friends and saw her in the show and met her afterwards. And in my recollection, that's how I met Chartel. (laughs) But she got a different story. I do. I have a different story. So several years after I graduated or we would have graduated from college, I was interning at a theater called the Devon Theater in Philly, and I was sorting through headshots and sorting through resumes for the directors of um, Little Shop of Horrors, and I remember coming across Ayana Bay, okay? And I remember seeing her auditions and the rehearsals they were doing, and I was just so inspired that I found her on Facebook like a stalker, the true stalker that I am, friended her and followed her career for years, not knowing or remembering that I had met her several years before. So I didn't even remember this until we were connecting for the podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. But I love it. I love that. And we were both like, is that how we met? Wait, is that what do you remember? Wait, what's the story? It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> but this is why you have to be careful about how you treat people. Ooh, that how part. you show up in spaces because you don't remember what people remember of you, but try and mm-hmm. give a great impression. So I had a great impression of you. I can say that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I had a great impression of, of you. That is so cool (laughs) because I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all right. That's okay. We're here now. Absolutely. We are here now. And that's a very good lesson to start with. Always leave a good impression (laughs) because you don't know how people will remember you. You do not know. You do not know. That's lesson number one, (laughs) y'all. See? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even have to pay for it. We're giving you that one for free. All right. There it is. That's the only one now. <laughs> you got to pay for the other ones. 
love it, y'all. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good episode. Um, so where do we want to start? Okay. So you have made, like we said, many pivots in your career yes. and have learned many lessons. And, you know, you would consider yourself to be a singer and a music t- teacher and an entrepreneur. Um, yes. So I know that all of those, all of those hold life lessons yes. in them. So mm-hmm. start me off with, I guess, an over- overview of your career and life. And then we could start getting into the nitty gritty of the lessons that you've learned. For sure. So I would say that my my overarching theme has been music. Since mm-hmm. I was younger, that was what I wanted to pursue. I remember telling my parents uh, when I had to choose which high school I was going to, that even if I had to wait tables by day and be able to sing at night, that's what I wanted to do because they didn't know what a career in music would entail or the arts would entail. So I was just, that was my dream back then. So mm-hmm. I came to Temple uh, and immediately after graduation, I decided that I wanted to pursue artistry full time. So I was on auditions and, you know, taking the mega bus up to New York when it was just a dollar. Do you remember that dollar? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> sometimes that dollar was all I had. And I was waiting tables and then doing auditions or doing shows. Um, mm-hmm. And so at that point, I really wanted to be a classical singer. So I was mm-hmm. doing, you know, those sort of auditions and, and studying those sort of roles. Um, I did some musical theater at that time too. Uh, the job that I had at a restaurant wasn't cutting it. So I ended up becoming a case manager. So I worked in mental health for a few years mm-hmm. and advanced in that arena. Um, and it was something I had zero experience with. But uh, I'm just sharing all of these things because I learned even then that there's just these transferable skills that no matter where you are and what you do, you can always be using them. So um, I loved words. I loved writing, which, you know, was something that is akin to being a singer and learning languages. So I use that in case management and would document every single thing that happened, Mm -hmm. which got me promoted. Um, I ended up leaving that. And again, pursuing artistry full time. And this was primarily just singing. So I did wedding bands, corporate bands, parties, that sort of thing, and worked that circuit for a number of years. Um, And even while I did that, it just was interwoven with so many other things from working at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia to um, a big stint was teaching full time for, I did seven years of teaching at a K to eight charter school. Um, And I only recently left that. But I can just think of so many things I've done and since at other restaurants and, um, oh my goodness, just anything that came up that met a need I've done. <laughs> I mean, you know, legally, amen. But uh-huh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I've done temp work. I've done private lessons. I've done tutoring. I've uh, done catering. Whatever it took to get done what I needed to get done at that moment um, mm-hmm. was something that i Uh, obviously did. And so now I moved out of teaching full-time to running a small business. It's a soapery uh, called Mm -hmm. Golden Water Co. Shameless plug, very shameless. (laughs) Um, But I still sing. So I have a job where I work at a church and serve Mm -hmm. at my own church. I still do shows and things like that. Um, But I have the flexibility to kind of just meet my financial needs and meet my uh, personal needs and whatever else, um, by being an entrepreneur in in mm-hmm. multiple ways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's kind of Understood. 
that's kind of the overview. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And one thing I want to pick up on was when you said transferable skills. Mm-hmm. Like that is something I think, and, and I'll speak, let me speak for myself. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how many skills I had that could fit in so many different aspects or like oh yeah. like you said I could use my my right my word I like words and I like that like I, oh, I could use that in this temp job or I could yeah. use my my um I really like to plan like I'm a planner so I could use that in this like brand ambassador job like knowing and and appreciating I think is that your right. transferable skills mm-hmm. yeah because honing them and just knowing what you like to do what you're good at I, I just I don't know if we, I don't know if we're taught that, right? We're, when we come up in school, it's like, learn these 20 different subjects, you know, learn math and learn algebra. Okay. Not to say I should never learn those things, but there does come a point in time where it's just like, yeah, I'm not going to be an accountant. That's just not, that's just not it. But I am going to be, you know, a singer, or I am going to be a reading teacher, or I am going to be this, that, and the other. So where am I sharper at than other places? And where Mm -hmm. can I use these skills? I don't think that that's honed in on enough in our education system and in our culture, really. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you on that because yes, we should be taught the basics. Yes. Okay. I was taught an an obtuse triangle. Perfect. Um, When am I going to use that again? (laughs) It's like, great. Yes, there should be a standard. Everybody is taught Mm -hmm. this, but really what we should teach is how to balance a checkbook, how to do your taxes, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, use a planner. Like it's those things that you can literally use in any area. For sure. Any career path, you would use those skills. For sure. And I'm all for the introduction, but I also Mm -hmm. am all for moving where there's strength. Because I will say, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to that, to math, I do not enjoy it. And I would have Mm -hmm. loved to plug my ears, but here I am now making soap and calculating formulas. And while I don't enjoy that or love that, I'm constantly having to do inventory and I'm constantly having to, ooh, you know, I have someone helping me out and I'm like, oh, you, uh, you know, you pour too much of this into that. Okay. Now I've got to readjust the entire formula. So, mm. you know, just, just to sort of say, we don't do enough of the strengthening of where we are strong, but sometimes, you know, I'm all for being confident and just having an open mind too. that. That, yes, the confidence in having an open mind. And I actually think you you wrote that down in your questionnaire. So I want to talk to you about that as well. Sure. Um, because that is a big thing. I think we are taught to focus on one like career path or one mm-hmm. aspect of your life. Yeah. And then you're like, but you should be open to every and all things mm-hmm. because you don't know where it's going to lead you. You do not know. You don't know? Yeah, I just feel like my life has been a testament of that, but I'm, I'm over-talking you, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my gosh, please. This is your time to talk. This is your time to talk. Please continue what you were going to say. No, I, I just had a friend point out that she has lived multiple lives. Right. Mm. So she started off doing one thing and now she's a perfumist. I think that's the word. 
Yes, mm-hmm. she, she makes perfume, beautiful perfumes. Okay. And I forget the word that she used, but she said, I, I know that you understand what it is that I'm saying because she was talking to me. You understand what I'm saying because I want to say she said you're multi-purposed or something like that. Multi, in, You have multiple interests or whatever the case may be. She mm-hmm. understood that you can live fully in multiple ways and in multiple areas. You don't have to just give your life to one track. And uh-huh. so, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, we just, okay, you're going to be a doctor, be a doctor for the rest of your life, but maybe not be a doctor, then go be a scientist, then go be a painter, then go. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Go do it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And like, and I've heard the word multi hyphenate. Oh, like, I like that. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm a multi hyphenate mm-hmm. because I have all of this. Encompasses mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And just getting out of the mindset that I have to have one title. Oh, this mm-hmm. is what I read. Mm-hmm. It said, okay. I do not have a dream job. I do not have a dream yeah. career. I do not have a dream company. I just have a dream life. Come so, on. Whatever it is that it takes. Now, I, not my quote, but you know, whatever it takes to achieve my my life, being happy, fulfilled, being in community, loving the people that I love, trusting the people that I trust, like whatever that looks like. I'm open to that. And I said, mm-hmm, I identify with that. I like that. <laughs> yes, ditto. Ditto. I identify with that mm-hmm. as well. And I think I had to get a place. And honestly, I think these last couple years helped mm-hmm. me to see, no, no, Ayana, you need, you really want a dream life and mm. not a dream job. Because yeah. my focus was definitely the dream job. Right. But what about the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. So now what are the pieces you need to make it a dream life? Yes, that dream job, quote unquote, could be included. Yes. But what is the dream life that you hold yes. for yourself? So I, I 100% can relate to that. <laughs> 100% can relate to that. Yes. I get so excited talking about it all. So. Yes. <laughs> And I love it. I I want to share in your excitement. (laughs) I would like to talk about, um, you had just mentioned it actually, about like learning to lean on your community and your family and like developing Mm -hmm. and cultivating like, you know, your your trust with your your community. Now, where, was that a firsthand experience? Like where you learned that lesson of like, oh, I need to like, really lean on my family and my community and like trust these people or was it like oh you looked at someone's life and was like "Mm, I'm gonna learn that lesson from them right now Mm. so I think that is something that I have learned for myself I've been very um, intrinsically motivated my entire life so if I wanted to Mm -hmm. learn something if I wanted to do something I did it and I remember even just kind of growing up being to myself. I have siblings, but they mm-hmm. had friends who didn't even know I existed because I was constantly like doing my own thing. Okay. I would go to school outside of our um, our local area because I went to a performing arts school. So mm-hmm. I would get home much later. I would leave much earlier. I just was one to be very independent. And mm-hmm. so I've had to hone that, in, hone that and recognize that, yes, you can move alone, but... There is a way to do that even within your circle and even within your community and even within the family or the people that you trust. And so Mm -hmm. one way that I ended up learning that lesson, unfortunately, was through just an abusive relationship. And um, 
and just having to like, hey, I can't do this on my own on a very practical level. Like on the day-to-day level, I'm having a hard time getting over this and getting through this. Um, And then moving past that and starting my own business and saying like, hey, I'm basically starting from the ground up. Like I've lost Mm -hmm. everything. And them just really rallying behind me and being like, oh, you want to sell soap? Come sell soap. (laughs) You Oh, you want to do beard bombs? I'm putting beard bomb on. And I mean, they would just buy out all of my products time and time again, just my immediate circle. Or, hey, we're about to do this program. Do you want to make a 400 beard bomb? We have some men at church, you know, that would love this. So that sort of thing. um, I've just had to learn to really lean into the people that are in my life, the people that are trustworthy, the people that show up in much the same way that they have shared that I've showed up for them. Um, So that's just been my own personal lesson. Yeah. 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 Understood. Understood. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And then also specifically in the arts, you know, we Mm -hmm. do feel like I'm the only one on this path. I'm the only one pursuing this. And you're like, no, you've made, like you said, you can pursue something alone, but you're not alone. Right. And you should lean on your community. Like you that's should. the thing you should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You hear yeah. things like Issa Rae talking about to kind of uh, network across rather than up. And so I'm like, yeah, because there are probably more people who are accessible, willing, you know, to pour into you and you pour into them that are quote unquote on your level. I don't necessarily love that terminology, but who are in your vicinity and can yes. be in community with you. So, yeah, Absolutely. I'm constantly learning that lesson. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is which is good. And, you know, I, I believe there are different levels to lessons, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, you're learning yeah. that lesson, and now you're like, oh, I'm at a different point in my life, and now mm-hmm. I have to relearn this lesson, but with a different perspective. For sure. Or a different, different group of people. For or sure. Or a different season in my life, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Learning how to show up in that, uh, what's the word? That iteration of who you are. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I like that. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Yes, yeah. that's true. That iteration of who you are at that present moment. At that moment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. And so are there any particular lessons like in starting a small business that you were like, oh, girl, I had to learn that real quick and in a hurry. <laughs> mm. I don't know that I had to learn anything in particular real quick. Um, But over time, I'm learning that as I'm growing, I have to be responsible for the pace, the pacing, right? So as I'm looking around at other businesses and other business models, I've just had to be like, no, this is the speed at which Chartel is going to move. This is the speed at which this soapery is going to move. It is going to move based on where I have um, working space, on the capacity that I have mentally, physically, emotionally to handle what all is going on. So, you know, I I learned it pretty early on, but I don't know that I had to necessarily learn it quickly. You know, that just people can't, you can't try and take other people's business models, especially as a small business owner. So, you know, people would be like, oh, I was looking for this, but it was out of stock. Yes, I make 10. That's it. (laughs) Right, that's it. 10 a month. And at that time, 
I was in my kitchen or at that time I was now in my basement. So that is literally all mm-hmm. I had the space for. At that time, I was a teacher. So this was what I was doing at midnight the night before I had to mm-hmm. give a test. So that sort of thing, I had to move at my own space, at my own pace rather. And now I've gotten to the place where, okay, that 10 a month is not cutting it. That 30 a month of one type of soap is not cutting it. That mm-hmm. 300 bars a month might be where I need to land so that when people come Mm -hmm. looking for, again, this iteration of me and my company, they have access to it. So just doing Mm -hmm. releases just once a month, maybe that's not the move. Maybe it's that I look towards being more available than I was previously, you know, so Mm -hmm. that can apply in multiple ways. Maybe previously I had to be guarded. Previously I had to protect my emotions. Previously I had to be hidden, but now how can I show up differently based on where I am. So that is one thing that I've just been been mindful of. Cause I would mm-hmm. be like, oh my goodness, a year ago, you know, I, I sold out of that soap. I, I sold out this year, I would be running out if I kept that same mindset. And there's a difference. Right. <laughs> I'm no longer meeting the demand. I'm I'm not even meeting the expectation at all. So mm. those are things that I'm keeping in mind. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understood. Understood. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And so I would also like to ask you, going back into your former iteration as a teacher, yeah. um, <laughs> what, because for me personally, I really believe that, you know, a few things that come out of being in the arts classes and art spaces is like confidence, creativity, self-awareness. So mm-hmm. my question to you would be, how do you, or how did you rather, instill mm-hmm. in your students, you know, some of the lessons you've learned and try to share it with them to be like, of course, again, everybody has to go through their own lessons and their own yeah. like, oh, I had to learn that on my own. I couldn't necessarily observe that. But how did you instill in your students some of the lessons you had learned prior. Yeah. I was very firm as a teacher. You know, okay. some took that as, oh, she's mean. And, and some would say she's strict. She doesn't let us get away with anything. But I I took a lot of time to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that if and when I move on from this place, what I wanted them to take from from their time with me was just was mostly confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence to try. So I would tell them, you are not allowed to say no, you just are allowed to do your best. And so if that was having to sing or if that was having to write a, uh, a prompt about um, a song they listen to, you just have to be willing to try. Mm-hmm. And and I, my goal was to build their confidence because I knew that not all of them would pursue the arts. And they were with me every single day for four years, from fifth through eighth oh, wow. grade. For an hour and a half. So it was a very involved process. And so it was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can teach you songs and we can do songs every single day for the next four years. But there's a real opportunity here to just instill some things, again, transferable things that you can use in another class and in another place. So um, confidence was one thing. There was opportunity for creativity. Um, And then I would tell them, you have to also be willing to just learn new things. I told them, I will never play songs in here that you already know. So while I might be teaching you classical music that we're performing, we will be listening to things that you have never heard before. And you don't have to like it. You don't have to listen when you go home. You might not put this on in the car or for a party, but you'll be able to speak with... uh, 
with confidence about it. You'll be able to say what instruments you hear. You'll be able to say what genre this is. You'll be able to say, oh, this was from the civil rights era. This was written by so-and-so and have some historical context. So it yeah. was just a matter of, again, planting little seeds to allow them to have a more open mind about any and everything. And that was, mm-hmm. of course, with the vehicle being the arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Yes. Like like you said, being able to, the arts was the vehicle, but you were really For like, sure. no, what I'm trying to do is plant these seeds. So like you said, there's a little bit of history and education. You may mm-hmm. never listen to this song again, but that's all right. You may hear it in a couple of years ago. Oh, I know who that is. Right. Or, I know that instrument. Right. And it was just sort of a gateway. You would not believe, and this is just to speak to the larger education system, how much history is is missed or how much just, I mean, just important things. And the kids would tell me mm-hmm. some things, you know, just especially when it came to the pandemic and they, you know, we just lost so much and they lost just they just lost a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly right in the beginning when school was ended very abruptly and they, you know, fr- probably like what, six months they went without really being in class and no one knowing how to really do virtual learning. So they would mm-hmm. tell me, you know, Hey, we want to learn uh, about a different uh, historical figure for black history month. We want to learn about this person. Or I already know about Martin Luther King. Can you tell me about so-and-so and so-and-so? So just having the opportunity to connect dots and mm-hmm. say, yeah, we're going to learn about this song. Yeah, we'll learn about Aretha Franklin. But do you know what she did with respect? Do you know when you hear Stevie Ooh. Wonder why he's really important or what he might have done and, you know, where he might have spoken or Marian Anderson and her connection to Philly? Like those sort of things really get lost. So it was a really cool opportunity to just mm-hmm. plug in, to just yeah. plug in with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's, that's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) That shows that you're a teacher who really cares. Oh, I love them. I miss them a lot. I just left uh, a few months ago at the beginning of this school year. But yeah, uh, Yeah. they were, they were my kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They were your kids. I love it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yes. 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 I'm here for it. So my next question to you would be, what is like a nugget of wisdom or, you know, like a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A nugget of wisdom or a piece of advice that you would give to any and any, any every and anybody, excuse me. Um, but also those who are in the arts as well, because we kind yeah. of all can learn lessons from each other, no matter our career path. Yeah. I would encourage anyone to just, when it comes to just thinking about life and making plans, have a plan. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I failed at times to have a plan. And have a vision for what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. So have that, but also be flexible. And and I mean, I've said this a, a number of times now, but keep an open mind because plans change and things change. I had a friend who uh, several years ago was producing music mm-hmm. and his whole thing was wanting to be on award shows. Okay, And so, you know, it was very much like... I'm trying to see what I can do to get on BET and MTV and and have a placement with an artist. And I asked, if you are 94 years old and you look mm-hmm. back over your life and you happen to not be on any of those shows or have a placement with a big artist, mm-hmm. would you say that you lived a good life and a fulfilled life? And he mm-hmm. told me, no. Ooh. And I said, Okay, so our paths are not necessarily al- are, are aligned because mm-hmm. I would look back and say, yes, I did. 
<laughs> because mm-hmm. all of, all the while, whatever I was doing and, and whatever I aspired to do, I want to be doing it because I love it and I'm called to it. And there's a greater purpose than just recognition or just me being seen or acknowledged. And I don't, yeah. you know, I, I can't speak to all of that person's motives at all, but I just developed that philosophy for, for myself that wherever mm-hmm. my feet are planted, I want to really be there, really be grounded and, and love it and know that it could change and know that, mm-hmm. you know, there's only but so many artists of the, of the year awards and only but so many Grammys and only but so many, uh, anything that's ever going to be given out and there's a billion gajillion of us so we just need to pat ourselves on the back and find the places and the spaces where appreciated and and Mm -hmm. be fulfilled and content in that so i would just you know like that's that's what i would say be flexible be open-minded and be okay (laughs) be okay with life (laughs) (laughs) yes that be okay with life yes yes (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's something I've taken on as well. As you mentioned, like asking him, if you look back, would you be happy? Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, I'm questioning, oh, should I do this? Should I not? Should I? Oh, blah, blah. Wait a minute, Ayana. If you're 80 years old and you look back and go, damn, I should have done that. Right. So, okay. So go do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like just go do it. But yeah, but that like, Make a plan, but be flexible because I am living proof God's plans are always different than ours. And and I'm living proof and, and believe that they're greater. <laughs> they're greater. They are greater. They're different yeah. and greater. And yeah. I'm like, okay, you know what? My plan wasn't even that good in the first place. <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead. Like, how did I end up way over here at all? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, truly, in any mm-hmm. capacity, how did I end up over here? I wanted to mm-hmm. just be on a stage singing. So, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. In Italy somewhere. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not doing any of that. Right. But but I do want to I mean, ask yes, you that doing just, some of that. <laughs> doing, I was like doing some of that. Yes, you're still singing. I mean, I'd be yes. on, on an Italian opera stage, but that doesn't mean yeah. that still can't happen. Number one. That's true. That's true. Number one. And then also <laughs> number two, I was going to let you go, but I got to ask you this question, actually. No. Um, because I didn't ask you in the beginning. How did you come to to um uh starting this soapery and like making soap like where did that idea come from oh my goodness youtube (laughs) really yeah so when i talk about that abusive crazy situation that i was in i was watching inspirational videos and really Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to get my life together and so Mm -hmm. i would listen to sermons on repeat and so you know they auto play to the next video if you allow it i kept having the next video being suggested as watch um, someone make soap. And I was like, this has nothing to do with anything that I'm watching or where I am right now in my life. So I kept clicking clicking off of it to go to the next inspirational video. It's so strange because why would the algorithm even do that to me? Mm-hmm. Well, one day I did actually watch that video and I was like, this is so interesting. I want to do this. And so I started to binge watch those videos. And so okay. it took probably... I want to say like six months from the time that I saw the first video to me starting to kind of gather supplies and materials. And yeah. So, I mean, when I say I started off with a hundred dollar gift card that I had to Bed Bath & Beyond and it was the only extra money that I had. So I bought some Mm -hmm. bowls and some spoons and things like that. And they just sat on the counter until I could afford to get like a pound of shea butter off of Amazon and start Mm -hmm. mixing things up in my kitchen. And then I want to say four months after that, 
I was talking mm-hmm. to a friend and I told her, yeah, I think I want to sell soap and bath and body products. And I hadn't touched soap at all at the time. It was just yeah. beard bombs and body butters and things like that. And she said, okay, well, I have a show next month. And since she'll be singing there, you should just bring your products too. And I'll give you a table. I went there, sold the products. My friends brought all of them, <laughs> but like yeah, two yeah. items. And then that just gave me the confidence to say, yeah, okay. So I'll be launching on March 1st. <laughs> so yes. that's, that's where it all started. And I've been moving uh, with it ever since. I love it. Yay. Yeah. So random, but I'm grateful. So random, but right. <laughs> So random, but also like that was in God's plan. Like if we were like, if we're looking at it that way, you're like, oh, he's like, I already had that plan the whole time. I was just waiting for you Absolutely. to get to it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I cannot deny that at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yay. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> yes. Thank so you. before I let you go, I have two things. So yeah. first, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, your social medias, your emails, your all of that stuff. I love how you threw an S on the end of that because, you know, there's multi-hyphenate <laughs> <Yes>. social medias. <laughs> so the one for the soapery, which is Gold and Water Co., is at Gold and Water Co. with an underscore at the end. And then my personal social media is Chartel, C-H-A-R-T-E-L. So that's for Instagram. And then uh, there's a website for the soapery as well, goldenwaterco.com. Okay, got it. Don't worry. I will put all of that in the show notes, y'all. If y'all did not get that, <laughs> don't, don't worry. I got you. Um, and then one last thing that I have to say to you, Chartel, mm-hmm. is that I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. That is so beautiful. Thank you. You, I'm a crybaby, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. You're so very welcome. Thank you for joining. <laughs> thank you for having me. Please feel free to visit this episode's show notes for links to get in touch with my guest, as well as a link to rate and review my podcast on Podchaser. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is scroll down to the rate and review section. You can find and connect with me on Instagram at The Artist Pivot to see audiograms, fun facts, and posts featuring my guests. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to get notified when a new episode is out. And please share this episode with at least one friend. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll speak to you soon.